ready to eat more country club crackers? No. Uh, uh, I don't like what they stand for. I don't, I don't like their elitism. I don't like what you stand for. What, like, uh, you don't like that I stand for, like, a fair deal for the for the common man? <laughs> you don't like that I stand against corruption? And, uh, pen, penury? You don't like that I stand against penury? Penury? Yeah, I think it's just general bad stuff. Oh. Yeah. Done by perfidious fools. <laughs> such as you. Well, I do... All you bastards. I do do bad stuff. Yeah, I know. That's why you have taken up residence in a place beyond shame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to make that transition if you weren't. I did it. Uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report, where I talk a little bit. Yes. With Boss, my friend. I am Boss, and that is Jeremy. Did you do I am Boss in my patented accent? I I am Boss. I, I am... I, I don't know that you can patent an accent, and if even if I were attempting to do your accent, I don't think that it was close enough to be legally actionable. Let's see what my lawyer says about that. <laughs> yeah, my DUI lawyer is going to be like, I don't know about any of that. <laughs> Sorry, fella. Well, tell your DUI lawyer that I have no shame. I know. For I live in a place beyond shame. With Seika. I already said that. You don't live with Seika. Shut the hell up. I live with Seika in the place beyond shame. You live with the Sega Genesis in your basement. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) So, A Place Beyond Shame is a 1980 film co-directed by Fred Lincoln and Sharon Mitchell. Yes. Uh, It is headlined by... Seika, uh-huh. as uh, was just previously mentioned. She is both playing the character, and her character also is named Seika. Yes. Seika, the character, is likely not Seika, the real woman, I think. She's played by Seika, the real woman, but I think Seika, the character... It's not autobiographical. Right. I don't think so. Uh, and I think that also Paul Thomas is probably not a real doctor. Well, that's where we're going to disagree. <laughs> I've seen his credentials. I have seen, I feel like we have seen him in no less than like five movies where he was a therapist. A therapist or a guru or some sort of, someone you shouldn't be taking advice from. Right. Uh, but yeah, he's here along with uh, names such as Mike Horner and uh, May Lynn. And uh, Don Fernando and John Martin. Yeah. Uh, just a whole cast of characters. Bonnie Holiday, Ken Scudder. Just uh, yeah, we've a got lovely a, crew. We've got a roster of some of our, uh, some of our fellows. So it's got a cast <laughs> to it that's respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll see how well they're able to execute on that. Yeah. On what? On, uh, you know, having a great cast of characters and making a good movie with it. Oh. I think they're going to do just fine. Because this is a film from 1980. Directed by Fred Lincoln. Yeah. They are going to do just fine. Sharon Mitchell would go on to have a, a long and lovely career. Do you have much shame? 
I mean, I have some shame. I feel like everybody does, even those who compl- who like want to act like they don't. Even those like Seika. Even those like Seika. Yeah, I would say my shame amount is uh fairly minimal. Okay. I like to operate in the shadows more or less, so I don't like when I get caught, but I try to operate with such efficiency and uh, stealth that my <laughs> actions cannot be detected. So I never have to experience shame. Is that what you told your DUI lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I hear you. Just, just yeah. hiding. Did you grow up with Catholic shame? Uh, I was thinking about that earlier, not. In some respects, probably, but not totally. I don't know. I grew up and I would just run around the house in my underwear all the time, even though I was just a little <laughs> fat kid. Right. So, I, not really. Okay. You know, I didn't have too much shame of the body. I was afraid of God's punishments, but, you know. Well, I was thinking not just shame of the body. I'm oh. thinking of shame for your actions and deeds. Oh, no. My actions and deeds are beyond reproach. <laughs> They're in the shadows. <laughs> like when is, is, is God okay with things that happen in the shadows? Yeah. Okay. God has no control where those are. I guess everything that's that, how the Catholic Church operates anyway. Everything the light touches, this is kingdom. <laughs> I learned that in um, Bible school. <laughs> I learned that in Sunday school. From a film we watched, and I don't remember the name of. It, it had, had a bunch of lions in it. Had a, had a couple lions. There were other animals. Uh, a gazelle. <laughs> I think. But uh, it was about. It was about God. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to be living in a place beyond shameless Seika. That's all I'll say. Uh, no. Okay, well... <laughs> um, I think they're right when they say about the liquor before... The beer before liquor. They might be right. That you're going to get sick quicker? My brain's just dislodged. Oh, well... You, you had an amazing brain and COVID killed it. I think that's what happened. It started long before that. Oh. But it's uh, <laughs> it's been a slow melt, and uh, I don't know how to get myself out of this one. Uh, take us to the break. All right, we <laughs> will be back <laughs> to talk more about a place beyond shame. Talk about 
Let's talk about shame. Let's talk about Seika. Let's talk about Seika and the place that she eventually ends up in? A place beyond shame? Question mark? I don't know. We'll see. It's another example of porn psychiatry. But this one, I think, perhaps is not as coherent as last week's as we <laughs> enter into what I would consider to be like experimental uh, hypnotherapy by uh, Dr. Paul Thomas. Yes. And uh, his mad experiments, I think, is what this film is really about. Yeah. So that said, take us there. We open on some shots of probably San Francisco as we hear the sound of like a typewriter. We cut inside and see Seika, first naked, and then dressed as she's getting ready for a date. She hears a doorbell and we continue to get credits. She answers and is joined by Paul, who is played by Don Fernando. Paul's brought her flowers and she thanks him for them. We see Paul close to Seika. They're sitting on the couch together. She tells him that they have hors d'oeuvres in the oven, but he tells her she's the tastiest hors d'oeuvre he's seen. Oh. Paul kisses her, and at first she starts to kind of pull away from him, but he continues to touch her, and she relaxes a bit. Though she continues to turn away from him when he starts to get close to kiss her. He slides down her panties and starts to stimulate her with his hand as he kisses her. He then pulls out his cock and places her hand on it, asking her to touch it. She touches it for a moment and then pulls away. He tells her he wants to fuck her and gets in front of her, ready to fuck her, but she tells him no. Yeah, she's not into it. He pulls away and asks what's wrong. She just tells him that she can't. He asks what's wrong again and she shouts again that she just can't. So he asks if he should leave, and Seika tells him he should. We see her then sitting on the couch alone, and she yells out, Damn it! We then cut to later where Seika's answering the phone in bed. On the other end is Diana. She asks if something went wrong with Paul, and Seika says it did. So Diana wants to know more, and Seika invites her over. Diana tells her she'll come over soon. As the phone call ends, we see that Diana is at home joined by John Martin, who she offers breakfast. As expected, she's serving pussy for breakfast. Ah, yes. The finest meal of the day. As Seika is nursing a cup of tea at home, John Martin is leaning back and arching his back to lick Diana's pussy from behind him. He's like on his knees on the floor in front of her, mm -hmm. facing the other direction, but bending his neck back so that he could eat her out as she's standing up. Yes. It's very complicated and I feel like could uh, perhaps shortened his career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his neck was in constant danger of uh, being snapped at any moment. It's yeah, a very... she, if she bucked too hard as she was getting off, it would have been over for him. Yeah, that would have been it. He would have been... <laughs> I'm going to put him on a stretcher. But it's John Martin. He's a, he's a pro, yeah, for he's, sure. He's a trooper. But, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's undoubtedly a complicated move. Not one I've ever attempted, for sure. She continues to play with her clit as he's licking her labia. We then cut to Diana sucking John's cock. Oh, yeah, it's worth noting that John Martin's character doesn't have a name in this, so... <laughs> 
Seika's smoking. Neither do Seika's. Well, Seika has the name Seika. That's not. John Martin's character never gets named in the film, and in the credits just says, like, guy, first guy with Diana or something like that. Hmm. Same thing. First guy with Diana, yes. You got it. I'm going to call him Earl. Okay. Seika is smoking a cigarette as we cut back to Earl mounting Diana on the floor. That doesn't sound so good. Fucking her in sitting missionary type position as he holds her hips up. I noted here that I need to learn more specific position names probably. Uh, My notes are all just someone is laying pipe, so it's okay. (laughs) John Lixon sucks Diana's nipples and focuses again on railing her for a bit before pulling out and coming on her belly. She strokes and plays with his cock for a bit. Then we cut back to Seika's place where she's sitting at her piano as Diana walks in. Diana notes Seika sounded really concerned on the phone and Diana tells Seika she can tell her anything. Seika explains that she feels ugly. Diana assures Seika that she's hot, but Seika explains she's actually pretty cold. Diana explains that she herself had this problem once. She couldn't come. She knows someone that she thinks could help Seika. Right. Seika's interested, and Diana assures her it'll work. We then cut to Michael's office, Michael being played by Paul Thomas. Yes, this is like going to Dr. Uh... Colby? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More or less. Seika asks Michael if it's his office or home, and he explains it's both. He doesn't separate his home life from his work life. I feel like that's a red flag in itself. Definitely, uh, in general, definitely for like uh, someone who's going to practice their dark arts on your mind. Right. Seika explains that she's a computer programmer. Michael yeah. asks her if she came to be reprogrammed. Did you say Pykel? Pykel. Pykel. <laughs> Michael, said, Michael asks her if she came to be reprogrammed. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I, when the movie first kicked in, I thought the typewriter was like the old internet modem sound gearing up. Oh, yeah. Um, then I was excited when she said that she was a computer programmer. I thought it was going to... I thought we were going to get some cool computer shit from the 80s, but we didn't... You thought it was going to turn into war games or something? You know, or at least, like, that talking computer from Frankie and Johnny were lovers might, like, show up or... Man, what a a great film. Or, you know, like, a a place of business like the Young Like It Hot. Yeah. You know, something like that. But, yes, great film. Man, do... Do you remember what what rating we gave Frankie and Johnny were lovers? I think I gave it like a three and a half because yeah, I, I think I did too. I thought the sex scenes were kind of stupid, but the rest of the movie was great. I don't know. I feel like in the back of my head, if I watched it again, it might hit a four. Yeah, I watched it again recently, and uh, I would say I would probably keep the same ratings. I okay. do feel like the sex scenes really kind of drag on, but uh, watching it with introducing it to someone else is great. Making them watch. Perhaps the longest car chase in porn is, uh, <laughs> oh man, go watch that one if you haven't seen it. Turn off this podcast, go watch Frankie and Johnny Were Lovers, then come back next week and we talk about better film. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that because um, I don't have ads anymore. We need your listens now.
to uh, generate in, to generate funds for the Raincoat Institute. No, for the Raincoat Institute, we need people to go to patreon.com slash raincoat report. Oh, right, right, right. And subscribe to get two bonus episodes each month. Uh, early access to episodes, which are ad-free at times when we're running ads. Yes. <laughs> and when we're not running ads, they're, n- they're still ad-free. When we're not running ads is when we need your money the most. Yes, indeed. We're ad-free editorially independent no one tells us what to say yeah we're uh those those bastards at anchor they don't they don't got nothing on us yeah we got to deal with them like they gave joe rogan where we can say whatever yeah we got 40 million (laughs) dollars it was something ridiculous like that some big number some imaginary number I think it was like two hundred million or something like that. I th- it was like that's not real. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I get that like his podcast is like the most popular, or top two or three, but like I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that like makes you money. It's the most popular on weeks when we don't drop an episode. <laughs> Which is no weeks. One week. Even that one week we dropped an episode, it was just Patreon stuff. Yeah, it was good. They liked it. I hope they did. What the fuck are we talking about? Seika asks Michael what he does, and, <laughs> and Michael says that he can help her complete her book of thoughts. Yes, this is a not a term I've come across before. Yeah, I would be concerned if I were Seika when he said that. I wrote it down, though, because I, I'm thinking... What if I need to complete my book of thoughts? It's a good point. I don't think we ask ourselves that enough. The book of thoughts seems to maybe be some kind of past life regression therapy or something. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Um, I'm going to let boss kind of handle it and we'll sort of try to break it, the technique down as best we can. So Seika asks them when they can begin and he tells her they already have. Michael has Seika stare off and begins to hypnotize her using a pendant. He notes that today he'll have to use the pendant, but in the future that won't be needed. He gives her the whole spiel about her relaxing and everything and begins to hypnotize her. Paul Thomas is one of the many people I would not let put me under hypnosis. (laughs) Yes, I think that... He would be on the list pretty high. Yeah. It's a long list. I don't want anyone really to put me under hypnosis. Right. I don't want them uh, influencing my actions with their uh, evil intent. I'm becoming a full Scientologist. Maybe psychiatrists are like evil wizards. (laughs) You know? After watching these movies, I'm kind of leaning against it. I think Freud was a fraud. (laughs) What do you think of that? Uh, got him. (laughs) Yeah. So after a bit, Seika opens her eyes and she hears wedding bells. And there's a priest marrying a couple. We see a bride and groom on screen. They're John and Robin. Seika tries to object, but she isn't heard. She shouts, no! And Michael tells her to just relax. Robin asks John if she still thinks about an unnamed her who I guess is supposed to be Seika. 
He tells Robin she was the coldest bitch he ever saw. So Ken Scudder was like her husband who left her? I think, or maybe or like at least boyfriend? ex-boyfriend or yeah, something. something like An that. An ex-lover of some level. But now that they're getting married. Right. To the, She's not a cold bitch. She will jack you off in her wedding gloves. <laughs> Seika says, John, how could you? And we see John and Robin start to make out as Seika protests. We then watch as Robin gets on her knees and starts to suck John's cock. She's still in her full wedding dress, and John just has his cock sticking out of the fly yeah. of his suit that mm-hmm. he's wearing. You can see production crew shadows kind of moving back and forth <laughs> along the wall. After a bit, we see Robin laying down and sliding off her panties. John reaches down and begins to stimulate Robin with his fingers before we cut to John fucking Robin. After a few moments, Robin notes not to come in her. She doesn't want to get pregnant, and indeed, he pulls out and comes on her wedding dress, I guess. We don't see it landing, but based on where he was stroking, that's where it would have landed. It's white, so it's hard to tell. (laughs) We cut back to Seika rubbing her eyes. Michael tells her, now that was the hard part. Seika says she's okay, though, and agrees to come back tomorrow at noon. So we immediately cut to, I guess, tomorrow at noon, Uh where Seika's in Michael's office again. He asks if she's nervous, sitting in front of him in just a robe like this. And she says no. She points out a toy motorcycle in his room and talks about how it reminds her of the first time that she fell in love. Michael asks her if she fell in love with the owner of that motorcycle, and Seika says no. It was the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Her love of the machine is what made her want to work with computers, in fact. Yes, this is uh, quickly going to become Tetsuka, the Iron Woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Michael Michael finds this interesting and asks Seika to relax. He has her count backwards from 100. She makes it all the way to 97 before stopping... Seemingly having relaxed completely. He tells her she should be the most relaxed she has ever been in her entire life. I will say, and this is from uh, when I spent my night in jail. Yeah. Uh, counting backwards from 99 does relax you. Okay. Um, but what I've found works best is you just get to 99 and get to 90 and then start at 99 again. Okay. And uh, you just do that same 10 over and over, and uh, you're usually out within one or two cycles. I feel like if you're trying to actually keep count of the number, it fucks you up more. I feel like I would have a thing in my mind where I'm like, oh, God, I'm about to reach zero. What do I do when I reach zero? Do I have to start all over again? Yeah. Whereas the, if I was uh, if I was cycling lo- 99 to 90, I feel like I wouldn't do you're that. You're kind of tricking your brain a little bit, and this is because they would not give me even a goddamn towel to rest my head on. And if I didn't have this head of luxurious hair, uh, my neck would be even more destroyed than it already is. Right. I had to curl my hair up like a nest and count backwards, like a goddamn animal. <laughs> and I became an animal. You are mostly an animal, yes. <laughs> I think that that's probably when the amazing brain, I think that's when it got disrupted. That would make sense. I get yeah. myself on this 99 lock and uh, I can't get out of it. And it's really uh, it's fucking up the whole code. You know what I mean? 
I don't even know what's happening anymore. I'm talking about my amazing brain and how I broke it. Yeah, I know. It's broken. I cracked it. You cracked it. I cracked it. And if you want to go to sleep, 99 to 90, start over. If you want to wreck an amazing brain, 99 to 90, start over. (laughs) Okay, they're both the Okay, I get what you're saying now. It destroyed me. Michael snaps his fingers, and we then cut to another vision. We now have young Seika and Sandy. Sandy is the guy who owns the motorcycle, Mm -hmm. and... uh, He's played by someone named Michael Morrison. Yeah. I think is uh, the Lizard King's brother. (laughs) Jim Morrison? Yes. Yeah, uh, on IMDb, he's listed as uh, Milton Ingley. But he's credited as Michael Morrison. Okay, yeah, Milton Ingley is a terrible fucking name. I'm sorry. Well, let's see how many movies he was in. None with a name like Milton Ingley. He has 114 credits. Well. Oh, his last. Milton Burl. Oh, man, he was making porn until 1998. That's great. I don't think he actually fucks in this, though. As the scene unfolds, I'm not sure he ever actually gets his dick into Seika. I'm not sure. It's it's uh it's gestured like he he does. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. no. It's it's definitely kind of like that soft core sort of thing, but it's less riding the belly. Yeah. Uh, but I will say I like this scene a lot. I, it's pretty cool. Like shooting it kind of like through like the motorcycle handlebars and about. Yeah. It does give like uh, an idea of like oh hey she fell in love with this machine. Yeah. Which really, I think, would have been a very interesting thing to explore in a pornographic film around 1980. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, we get what we get. Yeah. The the dark magic of Paul Thomas. <laughs> Sandy's revving the motorcycle as Seika's sitting in front of him on it. Young Seika. It doesn't really look much like Seika. No. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Sandy looks like a Bob Odenkirk character, so who the fuck cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Young Seika's excited by this and tells him not to stop revving it. Sandy rips off Young Seika's panties and she begs for his big cock, and indeed he starts to fuck her from behind as they sit on the bike. You can tell Seika is young, mm-hmm. in quotes, due to her braces. Oh, not her... Uh... Big lollipop? Uh, not in this one. Okay. We see current Seika's face saying, Sandy, put it in. Fuck me. We see young Seika now leaning back on the bike as Sandy is fucking her. This continues for a bit, and he seemingly finishes, though we don't see it. We see Seika in the present, breathing hard as she comes back to. We cut to another session, and Michael is showing her a table of, I guess, erotic art pieces. His fabulous treasures. <laughs> There's a statue of an ass. Yes. Um, which I think is the main one they focus on. There's also, got... like, the head of a dick. Oh, yeah, there's, like, the head of... There's, like, a weird, like, fat, like, chody kind of dick, and, like, wrapped with, like, a black, like, fur stole. Yes, yes. It, it just kind of makes me think of Jungle Blue. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. It's a very gorilla-y looking piece of, like, fur. Yeah. He asks her to look at the stuff on the table and asks her to go back in time and think about what they remind her of. He tells her to experience pleasure without guilt. So now we've entered into what seems to be like past life regression stuff. 
I did not understand what this was supposed to be at all. Past life regression makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah, his technique is, I would call it esoteric. Yes. (laughs) So we see the Asian girls as they're credited. This is Mei Lin and China Lee. Not a, come on. China Lee. Yeah. So they're making... Is anyone... There's an author named like China Melville, but I can't think of anyone else whose name is China. Uh, Well, or Dear Departed China. (laughs) But beyond her, you you know, no one. Yeah. She she did an adult film, right? Yes. Yes. She did like, she definitely did like a She-Hulk film. Ooh. Okay. Oh, I guess maybe we'd need to watch that. Yeah, probably. that sounds like uh, that sounds like Patreon content to me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get uh, to that. But the but this is not her. This is a an actual Asian. Yes. So uh, these two Asian girls, as they're credited, are making out. We then see Ivan and Natasha, where Ivan gets on his knees and starts to pull down Natasha's panties. This is in perhaps Czarist Russia, maybe. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Or, who knows. And then, of course, there are, is the Wild West. Yeah, so Natasha was Diana Holt, and okay. Ivan was Aaron Stewart. And then, in the West, sorry, as you brought up, mm-hmm. we have Jesse Adams as the cowboy, and Lisa Thatcher as a cowgirl. And boy, can this cowgirl ride. Man, yeah, she... Of these three mingled sex scenes, I, I would say hers is my favorite. Yeah. It's a it's a real nice, like, uh, anal scene. Yes, so we open on their scene with the cowgirl and the cowboy making out and grinding. We cut to Seika's reactions as she's seeing these visions all at the same time. That certainly overcome with erotic delight. <laughs> yeah, she was just, like, assaulted with these visions from... Uh... From the deepest recess, from her racial memories, is I think <laughs> what they call this. Ivan's kissing Natasha's stomach, and uh, he bends down, and then she bends down to kiss him. We see Seika starting to relax and adjust her clothes as we cut back to the Asian girls making out. Seika pulls her top the rest of the way down as the Asian girls start to pleasure one another manually. The cowboy starts to fuck the cowgirl in the ass as she lays back in a chair. Seika Seika continues to undress, sliding down the rest of her dress, and reaches uh, into her panties to rub her ass. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Uh, Seika just stimulating her holes through these scenes. Yeah. It's from a good angle. It's from a nice, like, good, like, behind angle, so you see everything. Yes. Uh, And Seika is... I'm generally, I think she looks good, but I think in this movie, I think she's looking especially good. Yeah, I, I would say that she looks as good as she ever has in this movie. Yeah. Uh, the cowboy continues to rail the cowgirl in the ass as we cut to Ivan and Natasha 69ing. Ivan doesn't totally seem to be hard, and he's uh, eating her out enthusiastically, though. So Natasha is giving a strong effort on her part, stopping to lick his balls as she- as uh, he's licking her asshole. Mm-hmm. We then see Mei Lin oiling her hands up and stroking a guy's cock. She uses like a tiny little vase that she pours the lube out of. Yes. Um, I feel like there was a movie where we saw that happening in as well, but I can't think I, of I what it was. Yeah, I can't recall. Um, 
I would like Maybe one of these like little Maybe like Prisoner bases. of Paradise at the beginning where oh, yeah, John's we're in. With uh, whoever that is. Is it Mei Lin in that? It might or? be Mei Lin. It could be Mei Lin. This is just something she owns. <laughs> this, isn't an, this is an heirloom from uh, a time before communism. <laughs> is she Chinese? I don't fucking know. I'm She's not going Asian. to pretend to know. Yeah, I will never pretend anything on this show. I'm... I'm a goddamn moron. <laughs> despite despite everything I say. So Maylin strokes this cock, giving it some licks along the way. We see the cowgirl riding the cowboy in reverse cowgirl, still anally. Cowboy riding the cowgirl in reverse cowgirl. <laughs> Is that a sentence you wrote? We see the cowgirl riding the cowboy in reverse cowgirl anally. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen when the Google employees decide to go through all my Google Docs. They're going to see that. You're going to be hailed as a poet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to even have sex on days that aren't Sunday. Wow. Meanwhile, Brag. Say- <laughs> Meanwhile, Seika is bent over with her panties pulled to the side, fingering herself. The cowgirl rides away, stimulating her clit as she's going. Seika finally pulls her panties the rest of the way off, and we cut to Mei Lin riding a guy's cock. China Lee is playing the supporting role, rubbing his balls. <laughs> Seika is bent over. <laughs> it really got me. That was good. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, he's just support, yeah. keeping, doing ball stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Seika's bent over, continuing to finger herself, and we see Ivan fucking Natasha Missionary. Um, The guy with the Asian girls is fucking Mei Lin while he continues to make out with China Lee. The cowgirl, the cowboy is fucking the cowgirl doggy, still anally, of course. Yeah, this whole scene is anal. In yes, it, so. the cowboy and the cowgirl is all anal all the time. It's all and anal. It's action. lovely. Yeah. This continues for a while, and the cowboy seemingly finishes inside the cowgirl. He leans down and kisses her afterwards. We see the guy with the Asian girls fucking Malin doggy style as Seika keeps fingering her holes from behind. Ivan is fucking Natasha doggy style pretty hard. The guy with the Asian girls pulls out and China Lee finishes him off on Maylin's ass. Oh. Ivan then hammers away at Natasha's pussy and pulls out and comes on her ass. Seika is still pleasuring herself and seemingly gets off and just collapses. We cut to Michael asking Seika if the fireplace is too warm and she admits that she feels beautiful again. Michael asks Seika to look at his mantle and find something that interests her. She scans her eyes across it and stops on a statuette of a woman's ass and vagina as she's bent over. He tells her to look at the flame and let the feeling take over. She then sees three people on a couch and then she yells out, Mommy! Yeah, that was, uh... What? (laughs) Michael tells her to look into the fire and relax. Let the flame take her. It's here that we're introduced to Seika's mother, who's there with two gentlemen. The two gentlemen... One's Mike Ranger. Mike Horner. Oh, Mike. Sorry. Sorry. There are so many Mikes. Yeah. Sorry. Mike Horner. Mike Horner and Mike Ranger are both uh, 
you know, journeyman in the industry yeah. you see in a lot of movies. Always like the John roles. Martins. Yeah. Well, John Martin's look is distinct. I've said it before. It's because he reminds me of the uh, Barney from the live action Flintstones <laughs> movie. <laughs> it's like a Rick Moranis kind of look to him. Well, uh, yeah, this is my corner with Blair Harris, who I've also seen in several movies. Good. They tell Seika's mother to relax because Seika's upstairs. So they work together to undress her. My corner eats Seika's mom out from behind as she sucks off Blair Harris. Mike starts to fuck Seika's mom doggy style, and we see Seika again fingering herself from behind as she's bent over. She says, oh yes, mommy, I do like it. Oh no. It's, a, at, a, it's at about this time that Michael walks over and pulls his cock out. He gets on his knees and Seika begins to blow him. We see Seika's mom being fucked missionary as Seika continues to suck and stroke Michael. Michael gets behind Seika and begins to fuck her doggy style. We cut to Seika's mom being fucked doggy style and one of the guys finishes on her back. Seika and Michael are fucking slowly and Michael kisses her cheek, ear, and neck as she leans back. Seika gets into it and he starts to fuck her faster. We see the other guy in the flashback with Seika's mom finish on her belly. Michael is still fucking Seika doggy style, and after a couple of minutes, he pulls out and comes on her ass. We then cut to Seika and Diana talking. Seika tells her she's finding herself having sexual urges in the middle of the day now. Oh, no. Diana says that's normal, and Seika asks how she deals with that, and Diana says, All you have to do is reach out and grab a guy. Diana then stops a passing jogger, grabbing his cock and asking if he'd like another kind of workout. This jogger is played by R.J. Reynolds. Oh, Ryan Reynolds? Yes, it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan J. Reynolds. We cut to Seika and Diana with the jogger. They're caressing one another, and Diana starts to suck the jogger's cock, which is out due to his shorts just being pulled aside. Yeah, they were in so short back then <laughs> in the background we can hear what sounds like neighborhood kids playing outside <laughs> as diana walks seika through proper cock handling and gives seika step-by-step blowjob instructions after a bit diana tells seika not to be a pig and hog it all so diana grabs his cock and starts to suck it and seika asks her for more diana notes she must like it but they can share as there's enough cock here for everybody After a bit, Seika says, I want to fuck him. So, under instruction from Diana, Seika gets on top of the jogger and mounts him reverse cowgirl. Seika says, Diana, he does have a good cock. Diana continues to hold his balls as Seika rides him, then slides off her panties and squats above the jogger, telling him to suck it as Seika continues to ride him. This continues for a bit. Diana says, fuck me with your tongue. We see the jogger pull out and spurt his cum on Seika's pubes as Diana continues to ride his face. We cut back to Seika's place and Paul shows up and thanks her for seeing him again as he carries in flowers like he did at the beginning of the movie. Seika tells him that wasn't what she had in mind and tells him to undress and sit down. 
Seiko looks at him and says, Watch out, Doc, because you're in for the ride of your life. She quickly undresses and begins to suck Paul's cock. She sucks and strokes his cock for a while and then gets on Paul's lap and begins to ride him in a sitting cowgirl position. Paul is licking and sucking her tits as Seiko tells him to put them in his mouth. After a moment, we see Seiko laying back on a couch and Paul's fucking her there. Seika tells him to fuck her hard, and indeed he does. After a bit, we see them laying on their sides with Paul fucking Seika on the couch. He pulls out and comes on her pubes. Seika then turns to the camera and says, Look out, world, here I come. She winks and we get a freeze frame. And then, the end. We then get some credits with some shots from earlier in the film. Yes. And that was our place beyond shame. Mm. I don't know. I'm a little embarrassed by this one. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, your shame has come back to get you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on A Place Beyond Shame. Childlike. You're childlike. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I am. I've got a childlike innocence about me. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Well, welcome back to the Raincoat Report, and Jeremy is here. Um, I'm your resident porn reviewer who is a child. Yes. Uh, okay, <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, Jeremy. I don't, I don't think about that. Grown man, uh, Jeremy, what did you think about A Place Beyond Shame? Uh, Not enough computers. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I would have preferred more computers. Yeah, that would have been cool. More machines. Seika becoming more machine than woman. Yes. uh, Beyond shame, like physically. <laughs> but uh something a little more Cronenbergian. Yeah, something like that. But uh we get what we get which to me after last week's Anyone But My Husband is kind of a, a pale reflection of that film. Okay. You've got a woman who's uh sexually frustrated who goes to see a, a psychiatrist. In this case, uh hypnotherapist Paul Thomas who practices some rather unique uh, methods. Yes, he does. As you will. Uh, and I like the setup. I like the idea. Obviously, uh, last week I enjoyed a similar uh, setup quite a bit. Uh, but in this case, it feels very rushed. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's not much to uh, really differentiate a lot of the sex scenes. Yeah. Um, especially among the three, I think that's probably why the cowboy scene stands out. Yeah, uh, I can for, see that. Um, for having the the best past Seika and uh, anal scene, but uh, it's it, it's 
it's pretty uh, poor showing overall. Uh, it doesn't really develop any of its ideas very much. Yeah, I can and, say that. Uh, she's cold. She's frigid. And I guess eventually she does like Paul. Um, so she gets what she needs. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't connect to it very much. Uh, why wouldn't she just end up with Paul Thomas? Why wouldn't <laughs> he just like have a hypnotized harem? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple ways this movie could have gone, and I think it took a, a pretty lazy route in this case to get there. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I said, I like some of the ideas behind it, but the execution of it I found overall was pretty uh, tepid. Yeah. Uh, a decent cast put to uh, some misuse, I would say. Yeah. Uh, overall, I don't really remember a ton about like the music or the decor or anything. Just that uh, it seemed to be just a kind of endless parade of uh, half-hearted sex scenes. Okay. Like there are some good ones, obviously, like the motorcycle scene and the anal scene I've picked out. Yeah. In particular. And as, as I said, Seiko looks great, but there's only so much that kind of thing can do. Okay. Um, at the end of the day, I'd probably give it a, a two and a half. Okay. I wouldn't really go out of your way to see it, but if you're a Seika fan, there's some stuff here for you. Yeah. Uh, if you're an anal fan, there's some stuff here for you, but I don't think it really functions well as an entire film. Okay. And uh, thankfully it is pretty short. Yeah. But, uh, that might also be a weakness as well because yeah. there's not enough, as I often say, there's not enough chance to really develop the ideas yeah. and get your requisite uh, fucking scenes in. Right. But I don't know how much like an extra like 15 minutes really would have added to this to have like made it more palatable to me, I suppose. Yeah. Definitely. If you're looking for a film where a woman finds herself uh, sexually, there are better candidates than a place beyond shame. Is what I would say. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I would say that I might like it slightly more than you, but not a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that the, the sex scenes are range from all right to good. Uh, I didn't find any of them not good mm -hmm. but i mean yeah i would say i think that the motorcycle scene even if it is softcore was pretty good yeah um i think that seika did a good job when she was involved in the sex scenes mm -hmm. i think that the cowboy the the all anal all the time cowboy scene was really good right but at the end of the day we it was kind of just taped together random sex scenes mm -hmm. With the framework of Seika and Paul Thomas, which granted, yeah. Seika and Paul Thomas fucked and Seika did stuff. some other stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that was good. But it just doesn't involve her as much as you might like. Like, there's some attempts at it. Right. Like the scene, I guess, at the end where, uh, or towards the end where she recalls her mom and stuff like that. Right. Like, it seems like. There were ideas there, and there just weren't enough sex scenes. And they're like, "Oh, hey, here's these three yeah. we just have on hand. Just kind of chop them up and toss them in. That'll be the bulk of the film, right?" Yeah, I think that overall, it's just uh, it's kind of cobbled together and stuff. But 
you know, being led by Seika certainly helps. I think that there's some charm to it just being another 70s film where Paul Thomas is manipulating his patients into giving him blowjobs. Um, I thought that it was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. It's got a... It's got a tone that doesn't get too serious at any point. That's good for it. Um, You know, again, you get to see a lot of Seika being as hot as she ever was in this movie, and that's great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it three stars. It was fun. I liked it, but it's also not, like, exceptional in any way. Certainly not. Uh, But that was the Raincoat Report this week. Yep. That's the Raincoat Report this week. Uh... I guess if we learned anything, it's not to trust psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There's not a, much more to take away from this film, I reckon. Well. And I try to learn a lesson every week as best as I can and apply them in the rest of my life. So, uh, boss, I'm going to leave you now. I'm going to go down. To the Scientology Center and get a, like one of those personality tests. Okay. Um, you gonna measure your thetans? Yeah, I think I'm probably blocked up a bit with thetans. Yeah, that would make sense. I think they've been kind of just. What are they like eels? Yeah, they're like eels that live in your guts. Yeah, they're kind of like that, and I've been feeling them lately. So, uh, I guess that's really gonna be it for me this week. All right. Well, to our listeners, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Raincoat Report at gmail.com if you want to email us. Follow us on Patreon for $5 a month. Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. And uh, if you're going to see Dr. Paul Thomas and uh, have him help you with your love life, don't forget your raincoat. Or else your hair's going to get real sticky. Gross. (laughs) Is that what happened? (laughs) 